We are in the steam room and you're right there with us, folks. Welcome to episode two of season three of the world's most popular uh, podcast. I like that. I don't know that it really is, but doesn't it sound good to say that? Hey, it's like some people think the election was stolen. <laughs> if you tell a lie long enough, people believe it. Ernie Johnson, Charles Barkley. The most popular podcast in the world. Hey, here's what I've done for you for today, man, oh in your God. honor. Just and these are the Air Force Ones, right? That's You were an Air Force One guy, right? I am an Air Force One guy. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I, I that... should be getting a little raw at the end of mail or something. Yeah, there you go. Wait, I forgot. You probably didn't pay for Not a spot. No, I did not. <laughs> Take, hey, thanks for the not raw. You know, if, <laughs> if it's free, it's for, <laughs> for me. me. Hey, you know that. Uh, as my boy Roy says, if it's free, it's for me. Yeah. Give, me give me three. How's uh, how's your week going? Uh, my week is going good. You know, it's, um, it's interesting trying to adjust to Tuesday. I mean, having the NBA on TNT on yeah, Tuesdays to yeah. start the basketball season. It's interesting. I like it. Yeah, I, well, this is our first real test. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to see how how it plays out. In terms of what? Well, because normally you're just like, get, you start ripping and running, trying to get ready for the weekend. And now you're like, your weekend starts on Wednesday. See, that's the thing. Because like, you know, Ernie, I'm not like you. You're an old man. This is true. Like, my friends got jobs. Mm -hmm. So normally, when I got home on Friday, it was time for golf. So what are you going to do with yourself on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday until your friends I, come I, back I and don't, get off work? I, I don't know the answer to that yet. Oh. So I got to figure it out. Yeah, it's an adjustment in your life. I always got freeloading Roy because uh, he's got nothing to do. All my other friends work, mm -hmm. but I always got freeloading Roy. He can play. Okay. Strange that Roy Green would get, well, now three mentions in the first I just segment. Want, I like just jabbing him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's enjoying it. So what's on your mind, man? What you got for first of all? First of all, you know you have a lot of money when you get hunting nut Cheerios. I've had the regular Cheerios. First of all, you know anybody ride a motorcycle who makes millions of dollars is an idiot. First of all, zero plus zero is zero. You know, I, I'm, uh, this has got, I hate doing this. Uh, I lost a really good friend. His name is Grant Woods. Uh, I, I found out he passed away over the weekend, and it really broke my heart. He was the attorney general of Arizona when I got there in 1992. Great person, became really good friends with him. Uh, my thoughts and prayers to Marlene and the kids. I mean, just a really good person. And I remember the first time we met, I got to laugh, because when I got traded to Phoenix, he was like, the most popular attorney general. Everybody liked him. He was really popular in Arizona. And they said he wanted to spend some time with me, but I had to do it on a Friday. And I said, why do I have to do it on a Friday? Because he plays basketball every Friday. And I said, what? And this dude, man, he loved basketball. So he, who was he playing with? Like YMCA ball? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I guess people who work in the office. But yeah. He just loved basketball, and we became friends. I see, okay, so, you know, uh, that was 28 years ago when we first met. So when you met him that day, when he, when I'm sure you agreed to go meet him where where he was, did he say, oh, yeah, I got another guy on my team? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was laughing because I was like, is he a good basketball player or is he a good basketball player for attorney general? That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, because they say he's a good basketball player. And I says, well, I'm in the NBA. I know good basketball players. So which was he? Uh, he was a good basketball player for attorney general. 
<laughs> and he was just a really good friend, and I'm going to miss him. I'm sorry to hear that, yeah, Chuck. Yeah, it, 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 it broke my heart. But it also gave me a chance, because I didn't want to start the season off last week talking about death, but this one hit close to home and broke my heart. But I want to mention two people. One guy, I'm just a huge fan of his. I never got a chance to meet him. Uh, that's a big regret of mine, Colin Powell. You know, he's been in our life for a long time. Just all he was able to accomplish in his life. I mean, he lived an incredible life. And I saw his last interview. I read the, the, the excerpt. and He was talking about, no, don't feel bad for me. I lived a great life. I'm 85 years old. I think it was with Bob Woodard. And he said, he says, hey, I had a great run. I'm 85 years old. I don't want anybody sad out there. But I wanted to acknowledge what an amazing person I thought he was. And a public servant. A, a public servant on all levels, on all levels. So I just want the, the, the Powell family to know, man, I just, he's somebody I really admired and respected. I hate to see him go. And the last person is uh, Michael K. Williams, the actor from The Wire. He passed away a couple months ago. And I remember I was at Publix, and he came up and said, can I say hello to you? I'm like, yo, dude, I know who you are. And he said, oh, you know who I am? I said, yeah, man. I said, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Most people know him from The Wire, but he was in a bunch of other movies also. And uh, he passed away a couple months ago. And, man, from everything I read, you know, he was just such a humble dude. He was clearly a great actor. But I just want to acknowledge those three guys. Like I say, I only met Michael the one time, and I told him I was just a huge fan, and I just admired his work. And uh, General Powell, man, thank you for a life of servitude. And mainly, again, my man, Grant Woods. I'm going to miss Grant because he was just a really good person. I have a question about that Publix. Yeah. How about other shoppers who were in there saying, I could have just sworn I walked by the deli section and there was Charles Barkley and Michael Williams. <laughs> hey, I'm a big Publix guy. Uh, Ashley, Malcolm Jamal Warner, uh, I met him in the same Publix one time. He was here doing a show The Resident, which I like. And he was in there. So I met Michael K. Williams and Malcolm Jamal Warner, both at that same Publix. We are uh, off and running here on uh, episode two of season three. Yes. It's the podcast uh, we call The Steam Room. The number one podcast in the world. The whole world. He said it. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> we are back inside The Steam Room. Yes, we are. You look especially satisfied at this, uh, at this point. I'm Why just glad to be back in the studio. Yeah. I mean, last week was awesome and it's just better. You know this monitor right here? You know what would, it would be great for? What's that? To bring in a guest. I like it. Like Curtis Granderson. What's up? My, uh, my, my workout buddy. And my colleague from uh, MLB on TBS in the studio. What's going on, guys? Hey, Curtis, I've never seen Ernie or Jimmy or Pedro in the gym, just me and you. Because I work out at home. Tell you, hey, we we got that exclusive membership. <laughs> you, Chuck, Charles, and myself. That's you know, exactly right. Grandy looks like you just got out of the gym, man. Yeah, you know, had to go in there. I knew I was going to be on with you all, so I had to make sure that we were visually uh, doing what we need to do. I know Charles was going to come dressed to impress and ready, so I figured, well, hey, you know, I got to follow suit. You were wrong about that. He's got an Auburn shirt on. <laughs> you know, the only bad thing about Georgia being good 
You're going to be unbearable. By the way, did we have anything riding on that Georgia-Auburn game? We probably bet our normal $100. Which I have not seen at this point. Hey, uh, even it, though I gave you 14 and a half, too. Uh, that wasn't enough. No, it wasn't. No, that wasn't enough. Apparently 100 isn't enough, is <laughs> Bet him a workout or something like that. Yeah. You know, I think that'll be good. Yeah. Whoever ends up losing has to do a mile on the treadmill or something silly like no, that. No, so get carried away now. <laughs> <laughs> Granny, it's good to see you, kid. So uh, as we speak on this episode of the uh, podcast called The uh, Steam Room, and by the way, the only rule here is keep your towel on. All right. Give me a take on the World Series, man. Braves and Astros. Oh, man. I heard you two talking about it, and I'm kind of in the same boat as, as both of you. I think that everybody that's in this baseball world wants to see Dusty win this thing. Um, but it, obviously, once you get to this time of the year, who could do it? I don't know. Uh, the Braves are feeling good, especially after knocking off the Dodgers. But I just personally, I would love to see Dusty do it. I think he he's done so much for this game. Every place he's gone, he's win, and he always gets – you know, let go for some random reason, and now he's back there again. So I'm, I'm hoping and cheering for Dusty. Not necessarily the Astros, I'm cheering for Dusty. Yeah, so now, because in in 17, you went to your third World Series uh, with the Dodgers. Astros won it. And then all the stuff came out about the uh, sign stealing, et cetera. Angered a lot of people wearing Dodger blue, saying, hey, they, they took a championship away from us and cheated to do it. So how did you, how do you approach it? How, how do you feel about Houston, about the Astros? The issue I have with it isn't necessarily Houston. I feel like no matter what we do, people are always trying to get an advantage. My issue was how it was handled. Uh, the fact that, you know, nobody was really punished. Nobody was suspended. There was a very small fine in the grand scheme of things for the Houston Astros organization. If I were the commissioner, I'd have been like, all right, we're firing everybody. We're going to do some massive fine. I'm talking something that makes it so big and unbearable that no one's going to think about doing this again, especially when a team is bringing in, you know, over 300 million in revenue. So why not cut that in half or something like that? And you guys got to start empty handed. You know, you're going to be missing coaches. You're going to be missing time. You're going to be missing players. You're going to be missing all this stuff. And I think that would have settled better because giving the championship back wasn't going to be enough. I, I, I don't think that's the case, but I think if you, suspend it and handle it and discipline it in a big way, I think everybody would have stepped up and like, okay, I can, I can handle that and we can move on from this. Okay, let's talk about cheating because obviously there's cheating in every sport. And this year, it became a big deal with what the pitchers were using. So my question is, because a lot of guys like went out to the question, does putting stuff on the ball help curve it? or anything, or are they doing it just for the grip? Because as a casual fan, I didn't understand it. You know, watch anytime you watch a game from when you were little, if you look at the highlights to this World Series that's going to happen, just start watching the players and all that stuff around. There's just, like you said, there's cheating in every sport. Even though the pitchers may not be doing it, maybe the infielders, maybe the catchers, just watch when they throw it around for strike three and they go like this and they throw it to the other person. A lot of times when they're doing that, there's stuff in that glove that they're trying to put on that ball before they give it back to the pitcher. Or notice how dirty the catchers are when they're catching balls and they're touching their chest protector, they're touching their, their shin guard. It's all to get that grip. So similar to the pitchers out there, they're just trying to get that grip. Most of them aren't really getting extra movement. 
However, if you're a fan of the movie Major League, if you remember, they talked about it in that movie. Remember a little jalapeno up the nose? Oh, yeah. Going my hair and all. Like, so it's been around. Uh, it's, it's so interesting that it became such a big thing this year. Uh, everybody has been doing something in some form of way just to make sure that they don't lose the feel and let the ball spray away and possibly hit somebody in the head or something like that. So do you think it was fair or unfair they took it away? I think the timing of it was bad. I think they should have done it at the beginning of the season or the end of the season. To implement it in the middle of the season doesn't make much sense. I mean, just think about, for example, in the NBA, if all of a sudden at the All-Star break, we're going to raise the rim from 10 feet to 11 feet. You know, you got to give everyone a chance to adjust to these rules. You do it either at the beginning before so everyone can plan on it in the offseason or once everything is done. But to do it in the middle, I think, was a little odd. Best player you ever played with personally? Miguel Cabrera, hands down. Uh, he just smart, knew the game, and was so young. People forget how young he was when he broke into this game. Guys like Andrew Jones at 19 and Miguel Cabrera at 19, 20 years old, winning World Series and gold gloves and all-stars and MVPs. And he was just a big kid. And I'm loose and relaxed. Ernie, you've been around me a little bit. You get a chance to see. I'm, I, I consider myself a big kid. And you have to be that way to have success in this game. And he, he's definitely one of them. I'm glad he got the 500 home runs. And soon he'll get 3,000 hits, which would be great to see. Uh, I think uh, your approach to the game, Curtis, is probably best summed up with what you would write inside your hat. Correct? Yes. Don't think. Have fun. That's it. Don't think, have fun. You know, we've done all the, the planning and the preparation and getting ourselves ready in practice and the off season and training, looking at video. Now when it's time to get on that field or on that court or on that pitch, we have to go back to when we were little kids. And if you think back to when you just grabbed the ball or grabbed the bat or grabbed the glove and just went out there, it was about how long can we stay out here before mom and dad tells us we got to come home. And let's try to do some things that we've never done before. So that, that's always been my mindset once I stepped on the field. I mean, I'm playing in front of all these people and people are getting a chance to watch. This is what I've been looking forward to. There's no point to add any more pressure that's already on top of it. Just have some fun out there. You, you know, Major League Baseball is, came up with all these new initiatives to try to get more black players. When did you realize, because I'm thinking about, I don't remember any of my black friends playing baseball. They want to play basketball or football. When did you know that, like, I want to play baseball? I wanted to play baseball early. I was six years old. But the reason I wanted to play wasn't because all who I saw on TV. My friends were doing it, and I didn't want to be left out. So that's why I wanted to play baseball. But that was the same reason why I wanted to play basketball, why I ran track, why I started bowling. It's because my friends were doing it. So if you see people around you doing it, I think that influences you a little bit to do it more. And similar to what you saw growing up where more of your friends wanted to play basketball or play football, I started to run into that challenge in high school. Less and less of my friends were playing baseball and more were on the football and basketball saying, why are you still playing baseball? You should come play basketball full time or play football. And I still enjoyed it. And I had made a lot of new friends in baseball. So that's why I continued to keep playing. But I was close. I mean, being from Chicago, I mean, we had the Bulls in the 90s and yeah. everyone wanted to be like Mike. So it was tempting. I was real close to being done with baseball in high school, but I just kept pushing through it. And the big reason why I was almost done, you're sitting here playing games in Chicago in, in March and April and it's flurries and it's windy <laughs> and it's cold. And the only people in the stands is your mom and so-and-so's sister and maybe one lucky girlfriend that might be there. 
And that was it. But you come to the basketball game, it's sold out. The place is rocking. Yeah. People can't get in there. The football game, everybody's looking forward to. And as a high schooler, that, that's tempting, you know. So I was, I was real close, but I ended up sticking through it. And I didn't realize I was really good at baseball until I got to college. Curtis, how would you get more kids interested in baseball now? And is it something about the game itself that uh, that is keeping – well, let's talk specifically about uh, African-American kids. Mm-hmm. Why don't they gravitate toward the game? Is it because of the way the game is played? Is it – you know, uh, what do you think? I think it's just seeing is believing. If you don't see it, it goes back to this. Like Charles said, I didn't see my friends playing, so I didn't want to play. So if I don't see kids playing, I don't see people that look like me playing, then why do I want to do it? How do you make the game more attractive then? So easy, a couple of things I think that are some easy ways to do it, just from scheduling standpoint. It doesn't make any sense to me the fact that we play 162 games and everyone doesn't play everybody. So we have some of our best and brightest in this game, such as Vlad Guerrero Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., Shohei Otani, Mookie Betts. Notice I mentioned they're all different races and all different ethnicities. But these are some of the best players in the game. And they all didn't play against each other this year. So if you play against everyone, when that team comes to my city, even if I can't go to the game, I can watch it on TV or watch it on my device and see them and go, wow, what Mookie is doing is pretty impressive. What Shohei is doing is pretty impressive. I like the uniform they're wearing. I like the number they're wearing. Look at the tattoos on his sleeve. Look at them or listen to the music he's playing. Those things relate to kids. And I think that's why growing up, everyone wanted to be like Mike. You know, people started sticking their <laughs> tongue out because they saw Mike going yeah. like yeah. this, you know? They didn't start doing that otherwise. And people wanted to drink Gatorade because Mike was drinking Gatorade. So when you put it out there and you allow the fans to see the players and you highlight them and you market them, people have to take notice because it's going to be everywhere. I mean, you look at even just the social media between the NBA, the NFL, and MLB, they have drastically more followers than MLB. And part of it is, again, I only know the team I grew up around. In Chicago, I know the Cubs and the White Sox. Very rare am I going to know Kansas City or know St. Louis or know Tampa. I need to know everybody. In the NBA, very few people have been to Oklahoma City, but we know that team. We've seen them. We know everybody over there. So little things like that doesn't mean you have to change the game. But when you play them, how you highlight them, how you promote them, I think could be big. You you named a couple of guys. You got uh, Salvador Perez in Kansas City. You got Mike Trout, who you didn't mention. In Philadelphia, we got Bryce Harper. There's so many young great players out there right now, you got to feel really good looking forward. Absolutely. And I think those players that you're mentioning either currently have, like Bryce Harper, some of the biggest contracts in sports, not just baseball, in sports, or they're about to get them. Tatis Jr., one of the biggest in sports. Mookie Betts, one of the biggest in sports. Basketball and football can't say that from a player contract standpoint. Off the field, you can do that. And sometimes money could be your motivating factor to get you into this game. You mean to tell me if I play baseball, I can get a $300 million contract? Okay, I might start playing baseball. Whatever the motivation is, we can't shy away from it because that could be the key that gets kids excited and gets them playing. And, oh, yeah, he's getting a chance to play in the home run derby and everyone can see it and play for a World Series and travel the world and do all these great things. We, we can't sell ourselves short on some of those things that could be motivators to get kids interested. You know, when you, when I think about basketball, I hate Popeye Jones. He just kicked my ass 
every single time we played. I have zero idea why. <laughs> I mean, you know, so so so, and, I, and it used to drive me crazy because he wasn't overly athletic. He wasn't like really really quick or big and strong, but I just it just didn't work for me. What pitcher for you? You're like. I can't hit this dude, no matter what I do. <laughs> well, the reason you, usually you struggle against Popeye because his nickname was Popeye. <laughs> you can't have any success against someone like that. Uh, but for me, it, it was Scott Downs. Uh, wasn't the guy that was the all-star or the Hall of Famer, but he just had my number, and he, he would throw it a certain way, and I just couldn't pick it up, couldn't see it. And in baseball, sometimes you may not see that guy for a long time, probably similar to Popeye Jones. You didn't play against them all the time. But when you did, you just couldn't figure him out. And when you were starting to figure it out, the game was over. So he, he was my guy. And I actually got a chance to talk in, in, with him afterwards. And one of the things he said, he goes, in spring training, you got to hit off me. And from that point, I had to make a change. And I didn't even compute that in my head. But he made the change, and I couldn't make the adjustment against it. Curtis, 16 years in the bigs, three trips to the World Series. But it's it's off the diamond. Uh, 2016 Roberto Clemente Award, uh, four-time Marvin Miller Man of the Year. Um, this year, you're going into the Chicagoland Sports Hall of Fame in a couple of days. Um, also, the Heisman Foundation honoring you for your work with your foundation. Um, tell me what that means to you. Tell me what it, what it says to you in terms of um, baseball being the platform and how players use it for me it all started at home mom and dad instilled that early on about don't forget where you came from don't forget who helped you get to where you are and whether that was parents neighbors siblings teachers coaches all of them had a role in helping me get to where I am and now I was in a position where I can help others get to where they are and it's it's so awesome that I get recognized and acknowledged for that more so than, hey, you hit 20 triples or something like that, which is great. But we can all accomplish some sort of statistical measurement in a sport. But to help others where people may not see it, people may not know about it as big. And actually had an example that jumped out, which you don't realize how many people you're influencing. We were in L.A. for the NLCS a couple of weeks ago. And there was a, a young black man in the crowd of the Dodger fans. He had on Atlanta Braves uniform or, or, or gear. And everyone's asking for autographs. Everyone's asking for photos. And he just was like, Mr. Granderson, I played center field because of you. And I, I called him closer because I was trying to hear what else he had to say. And he goes, and I, I played baseball. You were my motivation. And I was like, well, what are you doing out here in L.A.? He goes, well, I'm at U USC. So where are you from? He goes, I'm from Atlanta. I said, how did that work? He goes, grades were my focus, and I saw that education was important to you. You also played the game, and that became something that was a driving force for me. And I paused for a second, and I said, that's amazing. I've never met this kid. He's from Atlanta. I never played in Atlanta. Yeah. I'm meeting him in L.A., and that was his conversation. And I asked him what he wanted to do. He goes, I'm majoring in business, and I'd love to work in TV. So I grabbed Tracy Snyder over with the, the TBS <laughs> TNT crew for everyone there. I said, hey, you got to meet this kid. He's going to be graduating soon. He wants to work in TV, maybe even do what TK is doing. One of the, the, the main guys that helps put all this together. But, it, but it's amazing that people are watching you that you never realized in so many different ways, from the way you wear your uniform to the way you handle your business to even the stuff you study in school. I was a business management major as well. And here's a young kid who I'd never met 
that was playing the game because of me, that was getting good grades because of me, and now is going to have a chance to do some amazing, great things, all because of the things that how I presented myself and went about my business both on and off the field. You know, for me, the most important person in my basketball career is Moses Malone. Who was the mentor for you? Because there's somebody you meet, and and, and and baseball to me is totally different because, you know, baseball is really the only sport where you don't go directly to the pros. You go through the minor leagues. Who was that person in the minor leagues? Oh, two, twofold, twofold. Who was that person in the minor leagues and who was that person in the major leagues for you? In the minor leagues, it was our mental skills coach when I played in high single A. And the reason why he was so important is I was actually playing well. I made the all-star team, but I was hating life for whatever reason. I had a lot of things going on. And I was like, forget this. I'm not going to stay here in Lakeland, Florida with 300 fans coming to watch us in this 90 degree hot stadium. And it's humid. I want to go back home to Chicago. All my friends are doing everything there. And I said, you know what? Let me, let me just talk to him. He's there. He's available. He's a resource that the Tigers provided for us. And I just started talking to him and we started talking about non-baseball related stuff and realized that the game is the game, but there's still so much more outside of the game. When I walk away from the field, I got family and friends, I got life, I got nutrition, I got health. Those things are important too. When I step on this field, let me focus on that. And it was key to turning my career around because think about this for a second. I was this close to quitting in 2003. I spoke to him. We started chatting. And then next thing you know, I made the major leagues in 2004. So I, I would have been done. I wouldn't be on this podcast with you if it wasn't for those conversations that I had with him. And then once I got to the major leagues, it was Demetri Young. Demetri Young took me underneath his wings. I still communicate with him to this day about a number of different things from hitting to coaching to instructing kids. He's a high school coach now in California, just brought a team, a championship there. And just someone that taught me how to go about my business and how to present myself and how to be a professional at the big league level. And it stuck with me every to this day right now as I sit here talking with you. Curtis, before we wrap up, tell me what's up with the Players Alliance these days. So the Players Alliance is doing some amazing things. It's, a, it's so awesome that we are just over a year right now, over 150 current and former black ball players that have played at the major league level, the minor league level, and also allies such as Clayton Kershaw, Cody Bellinger, um, Pedro Martinez, David Ortiz, that have all come together just trying to provide more opportunities for people of color in this game. It goes back to the question we asked, like, how do we make this more interesting and more available? So one of the great things we've been doing is our Gear for Good campaign, where we went to all 30 ball clubs and we brought in about 90% of inner city kids, mostly kids of color, gave them a lot of them their first glove, their first bat, their first shoes, their first hat. And now they're seeing going, wow, that's Jason Hayward. That's Mookie Betts. That's Clayton Kershaw. That's Chris Young. That's Dimitri Young. That's CeCe Sabathia. They're seeing these guys. It goes back to that conversation. I see it. Wow, they look like me. I want to do that. And it's been great for us to get off the ground and get it going. And we're going to continue to do some more amazing things. We also have a partnership with Major League Baseball over 10 years, $150 million. That's going to allow us to keep growing and spreading and promoting this great game of baseball. You know, you gave us a little bogus answer earlier in the show. 
And you know that ain't going to fly with us. Ernie, don't let us off the hook. And we're not going to let you off the hook. All right, what we got? Who's going to win the World Series? All right, I'll give it to you right now. Dusty is going to be holding that trophy up in game six, which will be back in Houston. And the MVP of the series, I'll take it another step further for you, is going to be Michael Brantley. That's where I'm taking it. I'm taking it all the way out there. So you heard it here first. Houston, Dusty, Michael Brantley. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hey, uh, always great to talk to Curtis Granderson, who, uh, by the way, against Scott Downs, 0 for 12 with eight strikeouts in your career. <laughs> what a terrible. W- nice way to send you off there, huh? <laughs> you can depend How on us, Curtis. I could never be on the same team with that guy. Like, Charles, you needed to get on the same team with that guy. I needed to play with Scott Downs. Hey, you're right. It ain't. And listen, I've taken a step further. Every time I see his son Seth play, I'm mad watching him play hockey. And he's <laughs> and he's one of the best hockey players in the world. He just got traded to the Blackhawks. I can't even watch the Blackhawks play. He was safe in, in Columbus. Now I can't even enjoy the Blackhawks. Hey, we can, we can go to a game here in Chicago. We can cheer against them together. Okay. <laughs> Have a great day, Granny. Thanks for joining us, man. Great talking to you, as always. Thank you all for having me. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. That was awesome. Well, we're back on the steam room, and um, this is episode two. Episode one did not feature the longtime legendary producer of Inside the NBA, Tim Kiley, who was busy producing the baseball studio during the National League Championship Series. And now he's back off the road and he's into the studio. Throwing the word legendary around. Exactly. TK is here. Thank you, me. Thank you, me, very much. (laughs) Hey, I have a question, Ernie. How huge has this podcast gotten? The humongous. I, I would say the uh, humongousness is um, extraordinarily uh, high. I would say that uh, we had no idea of the uh, worldwide, the yes. worldwide, yes, uh, impact that the steam room would have. I can't believe it's worldwide. I'm not going to lie. Well, I, I just have to show you who called just now, and I had to put him on hold. Really? We have to get him on. Who was that? He was on last week. Wayne Gretzky. Oh, he was on last week. Oh, did he beat me to it? Yeah. Oh, all right. Damn, you don't watch it? Look, I know you weren't here, but at least you could have well, listened I, to I, it. That's a good point. I, just, you know, I mean, again, I screwed up legendary. Check, please. You didn't. <laughs> wait, you didn't listen to the podcast? I missed it. I was on the road. Yo, Wait, you can't listen to stuff on the road? Yeah, Chuck, you I can. can't figure out my phone on the road, so I, you know. Man, where are you gonna go is, from it? This is very disappointing, Chuck. Uh, I, this, is some, this is something you, this is and, you and, I yeah. and Cap are gonna have to discuss uh, at some yeah. point. Boy, here we go. People who are involved in the podcast, not listening to the podcast. Uh, it's not good. It's not good. That's uh-huh. like Chuck not watching the game that he's supposed to be analyzing. But uh, well, you know, I can't get away with it. But he can't. You know who else we should have on? Who? Curtis Granderson. Oh, we oh, just yes, had yes, him yes, on. Yes, oh, I just right. heard Curtis Granderson. Okay, good. <laughs> Right. I'm glad to hear that. But I, I what else wanna, is on your mind? Like I did want to find out how you were convinced to go to the dark side and little general commercials. How many oh. did you shoot? Oh, we've just shot two. Listen, and this hurts me to my heart. Yes. This hurts me. The one with the big fella singing is really good. I'm gonna keep on loving you. Cause it's the only thing I wanna do. 
Turns out everyone does sound better in the shower. And it turns out the General is a quality insurance company that's been saving people money for nearly 60 years. Cause it's the only thing I will do. I never stop. Thank you. I, I thought so too. Yeah. I was deeply impressed. We shot that down in uh, Miami, I believe. Yeah, that's where we, we yeah, went down that, to Miami that's, and shot that, that. That's a pretty good. That's uh, a good spot. Uh, and and the, the key was was himself holding court in the middle of it. So that was you delivered the killer line. So, Thank you. you Thank know, you very much. You know, you just uh, you know, it's trying to live in the moment there, TK. You yeah, just you, try to you know transport yourself somehow into <laughs> what, what would actually happen if I were <laughs> tying my bow tie in a steam room type uh, setting and and I heard Shaq singing. Um, you know who was really good too, and I told him this on the first episode. You didn't hear um, him on the subway spots. No, his his I, voiceover work on the I got, subway I got, spots. I, I, best stuff you've my, ever best you've ever done, Chuckster. I'm telling you. Thank you. It hurt my heart. Awesome. I did see quite too many of them. I didn't see last week's podcast and didn't listen to it, but those commercials started to get old. No, no. They're good. No, hey, and listen, they keep freshening them up. They they keep, so, so now I got new. How many did world. you shoot? Well, I started out with uh, Tom Brady, Serena, and Steph Curry. Right. And now I've done now I'm doing I just did Russ, Russ Wilson, Russell Wilson. Oh, and Mar- you, you call him Russ. He's Ru- Russ. Ru- Ru- Russ, Russ, yeah. uh, and Marshawn Lynch. Now we're starting to cover ground we covered in episode one, which you didn't listen yeah, to. Okay. Yeah, but, but, but uh, my, my question is, is how, uh, how many subways have you eaten? Whew. I, since then or? Since then. No, I'm a subway guy. I don't have a problem with subway. I eat the same thing every time. Which it, is? Italian. Mayonnaise and mustard, or do you put? No, you get like oil on it. Yeah, I, yeah. Listen, but I don't. People have mayonnaise uh, and mustard. On I, I don't. You don't branch out to maybe a turkey. I do not. I love. I love when you put all those different salamis on there. I love that. I'm a salami guy. I'm a salami guy. You've got a lot of nicknames, but salami guy is a new one. Is that sort of like I want real meat? Is that what you had the other day? Hey, let me tell you something. And the subway. Is right beside the hotel. Ah, so and, there we go. And then you get they put a little heat on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you that's, get that's you a, key. You get you a nice bag of chips. I'm good. Try try a little uh, tuna. No, I mean I mean no, uh, try no. a little try. I mean turkey. Okay. Try a little turkey with some cheese, a little hot, little spicy mustard. No, I might, banana so, peppers and tomato. No, no, no banana Ooh, peppers. Make, oh, no. banana peppers are no, great. I don't eat peppers. Yeah, already. come on. You don't eat any peppers. I don't eat any peppers. You don't eat pepperoni. Yeah, pepperoni. Hey, 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 hey. I don't look at pepperoni as peppers. Let's get that out the way. But you know what? The turkey, cheese, little spicy mustard. I'm gonna have to try that. Yeah. All right, so I'm coming. I'm covering material that's already been covered. Did we cover last week what you watched in the off season? No, we did not. Okay, because I think I know what you watched, oh, but you, I, oh, I would like to hear about oh, it. Oh man, top of the list, Ted Lasso. I, I, I've heard top of the list. Well, first of all, let's give a shout out to my people at Succession. It's back on right now. Oh, yeah. My, yeah well, Succession. Succession to I told you, yeah. I, during the pandemic, I fell in love with Billions and Succession. Succession yeah. Oh, Succession's but awesome. I hear that I've got to watch Ted last You've got to. Yeah. yeah. You absolutely must. I've actually only watched one episode that was hilarious, mm. and I haven't watched it again. Because I, I caught it on a plane, 
and uh, you know, guys, I'm not good. Oh, okay. Uh -oh. So let Your me let me let, no, I don't know about no that. let me just say this for the last time. This social media email stuff is reared its ugly head again. Hold on, social media and email. And email. Because, okay. <laughs> no, okay, I'm gonna say this for the one last time, and, and this will not be the last, last time. time go ahead. I've First of all, I, I've never sent an email. You have sent an email. No, I haven't. You've responded to emails. I, I know how to respond. I don't know how to in a, in a do do one. <laughs> I don't know how to initiate one, <laughs> but initiate I do. I can one. respond. I will admit that. There's a little icon on the top yeah. that says new Ernie, email. Yeah. You, you know, you well, remember, you, you taught me. Remember the night you taught me how to put the emo, uh, the, the, the little, emoji. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the last time I used it. That night you showed me on the air. <laughs> so I'm gonna say this for the last time. I've never sent an email. I can respond, but I've never initiated one. I don't do Twitter or Instagram or anything. Right. I'm telling all you fools out there, I talk bad about people the old-fashioned way, behind their back. <laughs> I don't put it in writing. To all you idiots, fools, and jackasses out there, it's all right to talk bad about people. We all do it, but we don't leave a paper trail. That's beautiful. So I'm trying to teach y'all. Y'all need to come over to the dark side. You're talking about Ernie's on the dark side. I'm never going over to the dark side and, and put some say when I talk bad about Ernie, Kenny, Shaq, and UTK, I'm right sitting there. At, I'm right sitting, there. I'll I'm, give, give you that. I'm sitting at a table with my friends drinking some beers. And my ears are buzzing. Yes. But my I, ears no, are I'm buzzing. not going to not going to be a paper trail. Just want you All to know right. that America. Last one, last one. Check out a show called Gamora. Okay, it's the Italian version of The Godfather. Oh really? Yeah, really? Really good. And I learned some Italian by watching it. It's in, it's in subtitles, but okay. you, he just you give out. us a sentence. Yeah, he just give us a out. sentence. I will. Give me a sentence. Charles Barkley at Strunz. Just because you know a word. Look up Strunz and you'll find out what I mean. Strunz. Strunz. Now what would I look up? Uh, they, and, and not, just go to English. Just, just email. Just email somebody. Yeah, email and ask. somebody. What does Strunz mean? <laughs> Strunts. Strunts. Okay. Strunts. And that's all. Spell I, it, huh? tough guy. S-T-R-U-N-C-E. Strunts. Strunts. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll have that by the show tonight. You can't say it on the air, though. Have it by the, the next steam room. Yes. Okay. Strunts. Okay. Strunts. Cap, can I come back next week or no? Uh, only if you know who the guests are. Oh, if it's based on if it's based on this performance, <laughs> hell no. Okay. You have to at least know who the guests are. Jeez. At least you have to listen to this one if you want to come back. That was the former legendary <laughs> longtime producer of Inside oh the God. NBA. Where's Jim Jeremy? Kiley. Where's Jeremy when we need him? No uh, kidding. At least he pays you attention. Will. You really need to have Wayne Gretzky on. <laughs> Strunz. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Come and join us in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Leave your towel on in steam room. I'm telling you, hey, doesn't get any catchier than that. I like it. I like it. Ernie Johnson back in the steam room with uh, the salami guy, uh, as Charles prefers to be. I'm no. telling you, man. <laughs> I'm a salami guy. I'm a salami guy. That, that Italian. <laughs> your mouth starts watering anytime you start talking about like a sandwich or I, I, something I, I, else like that. I, I really, I really do. Uh, you got my attention when you said 
cheese and spicy mustard on the turkey. Can't go wrong with that. Because I get the same thing every time. Branch out a little bit. Yeah. It's not that big a reach. Um, the telephone number for Chuck's answering machine is 404-987-0330. Uh, we encourage you to uh, call the answering machine. Tell us what's on your mind. And then Michael Kaplan, our producer, uh, goes through all of these calls and picks out a couple every week. Producer. Oof. He is. He's the man. He's the mastermind behind this whole thing. See, see, you always have to throw legendary mastermind things out about people who are useless. Well, how about this? Okay. The legendary mastermind of the steam room, okay. Michael okay. Kaplan, okay. has chosen two, two phone calls, and here's the first one. You've reached Charles Barkley. Leave a message, America. Chuck, you make balls look beautiful. You get that nice scene, that nice sign, letting your soul glow. I just have a question for you. If you had to pick an all-ball team, you know, the starting five with NBA players who were balled at some point while they played, who would be in your starting five? By the way, this is Dex from Texas. Thank you all for what you do. Keep shining with your head and with your life. Take care. That's a great question. Obviously, I have to put the GOAT, Michael Jordan, on there because he's the reason we all make a lot of money. Uh, so he's going to be on the list. Kareem? Kareem is definitely on the list because he's, to me, in that GOAT conversation. LeBron, <laughs> listen. Yeah, he's not eligible. I have no idea why he don't come on home. Uh, LeBron should come on home because he's – one of the best, best to ever do it. But he's holding on to that hairline for dear life. He's holding on for dear life. So let it go, LeBron. You can be on my all-five ball team. Listen, this dude is not in the NBA, uh, but and neither of these other two guys, they're on my all-ball team, Tony Kornheiser <laughs> and Mike Wilbon. <laughs> and... You're getting away from the, the question. Uh, yeah, bit. I know, but I'm just saying, because they always introduce me as the, part of the ball brotherhood. Right. Anytime I'm on that show. And I was thinking about it because they celebrated 20 years. Yeah. And um, congratulations to one of my favorite shows, PTI, on an amazing 20 years. Tony, you are awesome. Mike, you're awesome. Keep up the great work to another, well, Y'all both old, so you're not going to get 20 more years out of that thing. <laughs> Just messing around. Uh, who else balled, man? Kobe. Oh, Kobe for sure. Rest in peace, Kobe. We miss you, brother. Thank you for everything you did for the game. So Kobe's on the list. Who else? That's hard when you somebody throws a question. I don't want to leave like that, it. And then all of a sudden you're saying, oh, hold it. Let me think. Let me yeah. think of the— uh, Well, I want to add a few older guys, too. Cause, X-Man. Oh, man. X-Man, one of my favorite people. Uh, X is a good dude. And Carl Malone, I remember when he was doing the commercials for Rogaine. <laughs> and I said, Carl, that's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work. They can't put medicine on your head and make hair grow. That, if, if you're meant to be bald, you're going to be bald. So I got to put my boy Carl Malone on there too, Dex. There you go. And if we think of some more, we'll bring them to you next week. <laughs> There's a lot of them, though. Yeah. Uh, Let's hit the phone again. Hello, Chuck and Ernie. This is Jay. I'm a loyal streamer calling from Bangalore in southern part of India. Uh, I work in tech, so if any of your laptop or computer is not working, you can probably blame me. You have fans all over the world, Chuck. 
I first watched you uh, play on TV in 1992 Barcelona Olympics as a 14 year old and uh, you Michael Magic and the dream team are the reason I learned about basketball but anyway Chuck I have uh, I have to tell you about the Indian donut you probably may not like it because it's not a sweet but if you have a chance you should try an Indian donut I do have a question the what is your favorite Indian food or Indian curry I would love to know All right, you guys take care, stay safe and have a fabulous season. Bye. Are you a curry fan? I love curry. Me too. Like when I go to China, Japan, India, I've never been to India and I've never uh so I have some some type of meat with curry on it. I love that. And when I go to China and Japan. Now, He said something about an Indian donut. Yes, he did. Like what's would you be interested in eating an Indian donut? I'll try it. Wait, so let me ask you a question. What's different about an Indian donut than a regular donut? Uh, as he as, said maybe as, not as sweet. Well, why would you want a donut that wasn't sweet? I don't know. Where's Abby? Where's where's uh, the legendary Abby? Oh, all of a sudden she hey, got and, and wearing the jersey of the legendary Dale Murphy. I was going to say Dale Murphy oh, my is one of the best people I ever met. So this is an Indian donut. It's a lot of Oh man, this thing is like wet. Thank you, Abby. Um it sounds good on a podcast, that's it's, for it's, sure. It's not bad, but you got to be careful cuz you can drip stuff mm -hmm. everywhere. It's not bad. It's not. What um why is it so moist? Would be my question. What well, it, it's not bad. You're going to eat another one? Mhm. Lose the weight, Ernie. This would be the first time I've ever seen you only have one donut. I'm on a you know oh, I'm on a weight one. loss kick right now. Yeah. All right, salami guy. I hear you. That's <laughs> <laughs> That's I tell you uh, what, that was interesting. Yes. What I, it's it is still pretty sweet though. Yeah, I don't know what uh, what, what he's talking about. I wonder if these are not are these legit? Where did we get these Indian donuts? Buckhead, Midtown. <laughs> yeah, there we go. At least we know we got the real hey, deal. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, man, that was pretty good though. Yeah, yeah. Feel like I'm walking the streets of New Delhi even as we speak. <laughs> That's uh that's it for this edition of the Steam Room. Thanks a lot for being with us. Hope you enjoyed uh, hearing from Curtis Granderson. Yes. Uh one of the all-time greats. I mean, he was a 16-year veteran of the big leagues and um man, they just don't come any finer as gentlemen than than Curtis Granderson. Good to have TK back. Yeah, sure was. Even though he, he don't listen to the podcast. You talk about a loyal listener. You talk about a loyal <laughs> steamer. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> And thanks for the tip on the Indian donuts. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate all of that. And, uh, it, don't just take that shot of those donuts sitting there being uneaten. The whole crew can dive in as we sign off for this week from the steam room. See y'all. That's a moist donut. That's right a there. moist donut. <laughs>